Someone planned this. Someone planned this, and someone planned to shoot somebody at that spot, at that location, at that time. It wasn't a traffic stop that went bad. It wasn't an arrest that went bad. That that someone actually took the time to plan it um, and set it up um, makes it that much more um, obviously hurtful. But it it uh, it makes you mad. It's an eye for an eye. You kill one of my guys. Um, I'm not going to rest till I have you in in cuffs or on the front side of a weapon, and I mean that. There's something strange going on in what was voted the most beautiful small town in America. With a population around 13,000, Bardstown, Kentucky has an unusual amount of unsolved murders. So what is going on in Bardstown? Is there a serial killer on the loose? Is there a gang problem no one wants to talk about? Is it drug ties, cartels, crooked cops, corrupt politicians, or just a lot of strange coincidences? No one can even say for sure if the murders are all connected. Well, any good detective will tell you that in a murder investigation, there is no such thing as a coincidence. So why have these murders gone unsolved for so long? Why do these families have no answers? Are they just random murders, or were these people targeted? I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Whatever's going on in Bardstown, it has left a town unable to trust each other, their police, or any other agency. It's left the people investigating for themselves and so many questions left unanswered. The first of these murders was the assassination of Officer Jason Ellis. Yes, I said assassination. Jason Ellis left his son's baseball game early in the evening of May 25, 2013 to answer a call for the Bardstown Police Department. His day that day was quite normal, a quiet shift. He made an arrest, booked his prisoner, then signed off for the night and headed home around 2 a.m. Jason left the Bardstown PD and took the same route home he did every single night, down the Bluegrass Parkway off of Exit 34. But tonight, when he approached the exit ramp, he noticed something laying across the lane and blocking his path. Tired and ready to get home, Jason flipped on his overhead lights, pulled his car to block the exit lane, and headed over to move branches that were laying across the road. As he bent down and grabbed an armful of sticks, a sudden and deafening sound rang out that shattered the stillness of that early Kentucky morning. It rang again and again and again, and just like that, Jason collapsed and drew his final breath among the branches and Jason's murderer, or murderers, slipped away into the dark. Jason had been set up and ambushed. He never saw it coming. He was never even able to grab his gun, which remained holstered. 
Jason was hit with several shots from a 12-gauge shotgun, and although he was wearing protective gear, the buckshot scattered throughout his side arm, neck, and face, and shots were fatal. It is unknown if the killer was targeting Ellis or if he was just the first person to arrive at the location. Jason's body was found by two passerbys who stopped and radioed for help when they saw Ellis lying in a pool of blood. Jason was survived by his wife Amy and their two young sons, Parker, who was six years old, and Hunter, who was seven, and his canine partner, Figo, who had been left at home on the night Jason was murdered. Jason's regular cruiser was in the shop, so he was driving another car and opted to leave Figo at home. Because of the strange circumstances on that day, it is sometimes speculated that Officer Ellis was set up by another officer. However, these claims were never substantiated. Jason had no enemies at the Bardstown PD that anyone knew of. He had been with the Bardstown PD since, 20, since 2006. He had been very involved in his community and coached his son's baseball. Jason had been a baseball player himself, playing all throughout high school and college, then even playing for the Cincinnati Reds farm team, which is minor league. He left baseball and focused on a career in law enforcement because he, quote, wanted to make a difference. Now, seven years later, Jason's murder is still unsolved, with no suspects, and no one has ever been named and no arrests ever made. It is interesting to note that the tree limbs found blocking the road were not from trees in the surrounding area, meaning they were brought to the location where they were left. This is the only real physical evidence in Officer Ellis's case, and police say the lack of evidence is what's keeping Jason's case from being solved. Obviously. Then, just shy of one year anniversary of Officer Ellis's murder, Bardstown experienced another tragic loss. Kathy and her 16-year-old daughter, Samantha Netherlands, were killed inside their home on April 21, 2014. Kathy was shot to death and Sam had been bludgeoned, and both had knife wounds to their neck. They were found by Kathy's father the next day because Kathy did not show up for work and Samantha had missed school. The only evidence ever released in their case was a blurry photo of a black Chevy Impala that was captured by a gas station security camera on the day of the murders. Police believe the car was at the Netherlands' home on that day. Kathy Netherlands taught special education classes at the local elementary school, and one of her students was Officer Jason Ellis's son, who has Down syndrome. Jason's wife Amy also worked as a substitute teacher at the same school. This is the only known connection between the two families. During an interview for the Oxygen series, The Disappearance of Crystal Rogers, an anonymous inmate told reporters that the Netherlands were killed as part of a gang initiation. Although law enforcement has not confirmed the information provided by the inmate, Kentucky State Police did say they were investigating every lead. Three seemingly unconnected and unsolved murders in such a short amount of time and in a small, tight-knit community, seems very unusual. It rocked the community. Neighbors spoke of how the simple task of going to the store was uneasy. Quote, because you don't know the person behind you in line, and you're thinking, oh, did they do it? End quote. Skeptical of each other, of their leaders, and of most that are meant to protect them, this community was shaken, to say the least. But unfortunately for Bardstown, 
the story does not end here. July 2nd, 2015, Crystal Rogers, who was 35 years old, goes missing. Her car was found by her father on the Bluegrass Parkway with a flat tire. Her purse and other belongings were still inside. The night before, she and live-in boyfriend Brooks Hauk had a disagreement because Crystal believed Brooks was showing their son special treatment. You see, Crystal and Brooks had one biological son together, and he was about two years old when his mother went missing. Crystal also had four other children from a different relationship. It was Crystal's mother, Sherry Ballard, who reported her missing because neither she nor Crystal's children could get in touch with her. She was nowhere to be found. She was not answering her phone, and her boyfriend did not seem to be worried about it. However, when Sherry Ballard saw that Brooks had their baby, she knew something was wrong. Crystal never left her son, and if she did, she left him with her mother or sister. This was a red flag for Sherry. Then when she asked Brooks about Crystal, he acted as if she was out with friends, and it was no big deal. Brooks's brother was an officer with the Bardstown Police Department. His name was Nick Houck. Brooks was taken in for questioning after his girlfriend was reported missing. And while he's in for questioning, his brother Nick calls and warns Brooke, allegedly, that he was being investigated. Oh, thanks for the heads up, bro. Yeah, I'm kind of in the office with him right now. <laughs> However, Nick claimed he was warning Brooks that the detectives may have been trying to, quote, trip him up and not to speak to them without a lawyer. So this kind of put the spotlight now on Nick. So they turned their attention to Nick, and he was administered and subjected to a polygraph test by the FBI, and he failed. Nick Houck was fired for interfering with an investigation. Here's how he reacted when presented with the results from the polygraph test. Nick, I've had a chance to review your charts on my test, that first test. You uh, did not pass the test, and it's pretty clear to me that you haven't told me the complete truth today. And the questions you're having a problem with are questions about Crystal. And in particular, the one about whether or not you know where she is right now. And uh, I, don't, I treat police officers in these circumstances like I would myself, so we're not going to go through all the interview interrogation nonsense. Uh, all right. The FBI has unlimited resources terms of forensic information, electronic information, many bodies as we want to pour out here, do surveillance and look through everything that's ever gone on. We will find Crystal. I have zero doubt about that. It's a matter of when it's going to be and why. And inevitably, what's going to happen is one of a couple of things. We'll determine exactly if she's injured and dead, what she in likelihood is. You've come to that conclusion yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, the way that happened and the means in which it happened. Now, I know what your relationship is with your brother. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a tight relationship, but in a unique kind of way. You have a little different relationship, and, and it's actually, again, not trying to make compared, similar to what mine and my brothers are. We're close, but in a very different way. And no doubt in my mind that you've spoken with him about what happened. You know essentially what happened. And whether or not it was something staged out and planned in terms of I'm going to make her go away, or if it was something that was, I hesitate to say an accident, but something that was not intended to do. My hunch is, I don't know, because I don't have the physical evidence in front of me to know, but 99% of the time in these, it's something that uh, was 
not intended, a push, a shove, somebody trips, hits her, or whatever. Have no idea. We find her, we're going to know, no doubt about it, and we will. And at that point, they're no longer going to come and ask you what happened. They're no longer going to come and ask Brooks what happened. They're going to know what happened. And they're going to prosecute, assuming a worst case scenario, because everybody had an opportunity up front to say, whoa, time out, it's a horrible, horrible thing. I got scared, let me just tell you what happened. Nobody's going to want to hear that anymore. Because all your testimony in the grand jury, all of his in the grand jury, the interviews that were recorded, where there are demonstrable lies about things that were said, that's all I'm put in front of a jury and or a judge, you know, even in the system. And people are going to look at it in the totality and say, well, now they're saying it was some kind of an accident or they didn't intend for it to happen. Why didn't they just say that last month, last year, five years ago, whenever it may be? And what's going to end up happening is people end up getting prosecuted and they look for the most significant sentences they can for people. And then people start cutting deals and who's going to get uh, the reduced sentence and blah, blah, you know how that all works. Point is, at that point, it's out of everybody's control. We, if we're going to get involved as the FBI and expend all these resources, then we're going to just assume the worst and go forward. If at this stage, however, and I'm just giving you the facts to, to lay out. These are not things, uh, I have no doubt you've pondered this since the very first day this all occurred. Mm -hmm. But I want you to refresh it in your mind. And you think about it however you want to. What everybody that I've talked to believes is this was something that was not a planned out murder for hire type thing or the nature. It was about a relationship. Didn't this guy say he wasn't going through this whole trying to be your friend thing at the beginning? Anyways, this interviewer's got him right where he wants him. Now the questions are going to start getting a little more direct. Ivan, I had to tell me that you didn't write it, and it jumps off the screen that you're telling me the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what I gave you, the truth. Well, but you didn't, and I've already shown that. I gave you benefit of that before you come in. I'm assuming you're telling me the truth. Look, I treat people the way they treat me. You haven't been uh, an ass with me, and I'm not going to be an ass with you. I'm not that kind of guy. But I'm, I'm laying out for you what I've seen here. You, I can't argue with this. I've done over 2,000 of these. Trust me, when I told you I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. You must have slipped up today. I mean, I don't... What do you think the chances are better that you slipped up and the truth snuck out here or that I slipped up? I know you slipped up, but if you're telling me that I failed that test... I, I told you, no, in certain terms, you did fail that test. Well, then the test... I showed you. Then it wasn't valid, I mean... Absolutely valid. Well, I... Listen, I'm telling you, I had nothing to do with it. Okay, well, that's fine. And I'll tell you, I'll even give you that you had nothing to do with it. Okay? I know for, for certain. purposes here today. I know for certain I had nothing to well, do with it, and I know nothing about it. Well, that I won't, I won't give you. Well, I mean, that's because just... Because I've shown that. Look, one of the two things is true. Either you know something, and it could be something relatively insignificant that you haven't told me. I don't know anything. Absolutely nothing. Well, then why would you be less than candid? with me, with the other interview, and in the grand jury. There's a reason for that. But, uh, that's what I'm saying. Explain that to me. I had nothing to do with this, and I don't know anything about it. No, no, no. You know, it's just irritation. I mean, that has kind of worked its way into this. Okay. You know, I've been 100% honest. Okay, well, that gets the, maybe that's it. Let me ask you that. All right, uh, I'll give you that. When I ask you if you'd be less than can, that means less than 100% truthful about things. You said you were irritated. Okay, which I, I understand. I would be too. Uh, true, uh, no doubt about it. Okay. Okay. Um, have I been accused of things in the past that I didn't do? Yeah. 
Um, have I been accused of things I did do? Absolutely. Okay. And I've been irritated when I got accused of things I did do because I got caught. And then I got to face up with the consequences. You talk about being irritated in there. Tell me some of the things then. Like, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not rehashing all this. I'm just. No, no, no. no. I, don't no waste, I, don't, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I'm my time is not wasted. Listen, we're here talking. Listen, I don't know nothing about this. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. And I had nothing to do with it. I don't know anything. Well, if I had something to tell you, I would tell you. She's got kids. I'm aware of that. Okay. Why do you think we're here? Okay, look, I, I don't know nothing. Well, here, you, something you not, just Not said, even something insignificant. Clear that up for me, what you just Because I said, why would you be less than candid with me at the other interview in the grand jury? And you said, why would that? Because I was irritated. Okay. Well, well, just being irritated and being put in front of 12 people and accused of stuff like this, I mean, you know, you're going to forget things and not be able to speak as well mm -hmm. as you normally would. I mean, there, there's, more, there's more to it than you're saying. Well, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm, that's exactly what and, I'm asking. You, some of those things you can't explain. I'm not going to sit well, here and take, try to explain. Take your time. To relax. Look, I'm, as I said, I'm sitting here. I'm here working for you. If there's stuff to explain, explain it. I will take all day with you to fix it. And it would take all day to go through all this. I mean, Brother, it's, you're it's on the not, clock. You're getting paid so am I. Uh, you, give me the thumbnail sketch if you want. Just explain to me what your big I, concerns are. I, I'm not going there. Why not? It makes no sense. I'm not going there, okay? It's not okay for me. Well, I mean, look look at what we're dealing with here. We're talking about the potential murder of an individual or an accidental death. Right? And, and if I do anything, I would help you. No, no, but it's I, not. We're going to. I, I know where you're going with this, man. Where am I going? You're going to just bring all this stuff about Crystal, and you know you need to nope. be, you know. No, nope. go, go ahead. I told you. I, was, I, was, I told you. I wouldn't go this whole read technique stuff with you, right? What I'm talking about just is what you just said about explaining it to me, so I can understand where you're coming from. You don't have to go through a whole life's history unless you want to. Just you said that you're you were irritated, and there's things that you don't know, man. That's what you said to me. Help me to understand what some of those things are that I don't understand. That would then make me understand the reason for this. There can be explanations, is my point. Yeah, I mean, just this whole process, you know, starting from the it. chief and going down. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But you said there's things that, I don't that know about. be shown this. to him. He'll be irritated, and then he'll be watched. I, I just, I'm not doing that. It's that simple. I mean, either. What do you mean? I'm not you, you, you ought to be following me, man. If you're as sharp as. If you work for the. You ought to be following me. Okay? Talk to me like I'm a kid then. I, I, no, I'm not. Okay? I'm giving you every opportunity. Uh, and I'm telling you, no. Okay? I don't know anything about this. Well, that's okay. That's not what I'm talking about. You, but you said there's things that I'm I don't know. I'm not going into it. I'm not going into it. Okay? Why not? Because it's not worth going into. Right. We've heard that, Nick plenty of times. Um, so I'm going to save you some time. These two go at it for about two hours back and forth, not budging at all on their stances. But luckily around this time, they get a break. Evidence was found in a car belonging to Brooks and Nick's grandmother that led police to believe a body had been transported in it. How many were there and what did they do to her and did they catch her off guard and did she know it was coming? Those are the questions that have haunted Sherry Ballard every day since her daughter Crystal Rogers went missing 11 months ago. Now she says a white Buick may crack the case, a car owned by a relative of the prime suspect Brooks Houck. She did own a white Buick and had sold it sometime here in the last few weeks. Jason Floyd is the attorney for Houck's grandmother, Anna Whitesides, who owned a white Buick when the mother of five disappeared. Whitesides has been subpoenaed to testify before a Nelson County grand jury, but is invoking her Fifth Amendment right not to talk. 
The subpoena order states the car may have been used to dispose of a body, subsequently cleaned and sold in an attempt to prevent the Commonwealth from obtaining evidence from it. She's guilty. Why would she not want to talk unless she has something to hide? The general assumption is if you take the fifth, you must be guilty. Well, that's not the case. According to court documents, a private investigator found that a white Buick was parked in a peculiar location at the Hauk family farm the night Rogers disappeared. Floyd says his client has given her statement to police and told them who she sold her car to. He says that information should be enough. There are lots of things, particularly in a high-profile case where there is as frenzied an investigation as there is here, that could ensnare, you know, an 82-year-old woman. But it's anything but enough for Roger's family. Praying to God that she can talk. I mean, that's very important to our case. I just feel like if they put it to where she can't talk, there's something wrong in this town. Honey, if you're just figuring that out, I feel bad for you. So nothing comes of the car. None of the men budge. So the Kentucky State Police decide to bring in Nick. And it's time to grill him about this new evidence they've found and see what else he knows about Crystal's murder. We're at a point here, like you said, coincidences, we throw them out the window. You know, not knowing exactly what time you sat down and ate dinner yesterday, that's one thing. Not remembering mm -hmm. that you ate dinner at all. That you ate dinner at all, that's, a, that's another thing. That's a different thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, and then you add that on top of the biological evidence that's, that's been located in the trailer. That's what, we're not, we're not that's what starts me right there. I mean, I just can't, I just can't believe that. Well, we're not, we're not asking you hard questions here as far as, oh, I'm, I'm not asking you, did you pull in at 7.22 p.m. on the other night? No. I'm asking you, hey, last week, on Wednesday, a week from today, do you remember going out to the farm? Do you remember arriving with your brother? Do you remember leaving with your brother? What did you do while you were out there? Those yeah. aren't hard questions. And, I, and I, don't, I don't remember that. Okay. I mean, I don't. I mean, was it, is, it, is it just such a routine that you go out there and just arrive at the same time? And We both go out there a lot, you know. I mean, it is a place we hang out you know, quite frequently. Sure, and, we, and you've told us that, and we believe that. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but we're asking you specific days a week ago, okay? And I, that was, have you been out to the farm since then, or is that the last time you've been out to the farm? Since the 8th? Since, mm -hmm. yes, a week ago last Wednesday. I'm sure I've been out there since then. Okay, have, have you and your brother both met out there since no. last? Okay, so we're asking you about the last time that you and your brother met at the farm. All right, we're not asking you for specifics about it. We're just asking if you remember both arriving there, what you did while you were there, and when you left, and, and why you were there. I don't. I mean, I, I really don't. I'm, we're trying to make it as easy as we can for you as far as asking you questions. Because from, from our perspective, I mean, we're not talking about just, you know, coincidence, y'all showing up at the same time. I mean, your brother's subject of a police investigation right now that's made national news. I'm telling you, I, if my brother was under the microscope right now, I would remember everything that he did, everything that we talked about, everything that sometimes we did together. Get, you know, sometimes I can't remember what happened two days ago, you know? Well, I mean, and, and, I'm, and, I'm being 100% honest with you. And, 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 and I understand that, but being a police officer, you know, we, we kind of have to remember things. Yeah, you know, if you didn't write it down, if you didn't, you know, remember it, it didn't happen, right? Well, I, but I write everything down. If you look at my notes, I mean, it's all written down. I've got it. When well, I go testify in court, I mean, I, I've got the report right in front of me, you know. Sure. But good. sometimes, I, I mean, I can't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you what I did two days ago. But, you know, work is one thing, you know, your family is another. Mm -hmm. If something happened that was close to my family, if something happened where that I was affected, 
by it because you know you're affected by this, whether or not you think you are. Oh, you right. are. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're wrapped up in this. Even even if if there's no indication of anything else, your name is the same as his, right? I agree with okay. that. And you do police work, right? Yes. And this is a police investigation, so there ain't no way you're going to be able to stay out of this completely, right? No. Okay, so you ought to be thinking in your head, how am I going to save face with the guys I work with? How am I going to, you know, explain this to my family? How you've got to have those things going through your head. If you're if you're a normal functioning person like we all are. Then, then it's natural for us to feel that way. It's natural for us to be inquisitive, you know, especially as police officers. You know, we always want to know what's going on. We, we're, we're like the neighborhood watch 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the way we are. Now, I just can't expect that you would forget all those details, you know, being as you're a police officer and sitting here talking to you and seeing how you interact with people. I, I just find that very hard to believe. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you find it hard to believe, but that's the way it is. I mean, it's just, that's, that's it, I mean. I mean, a month ago, I would expect you not to remember something, but a week ago, with all this national, national media attention and all these questions probably being asked by people out here on the street and all these rumor mills going around, you know, I would expect you to remember that. But at the same time, you, got, you know, I mean, he hadn't really came to me, you know, I mean. I mean, you've talked, you talked on that day, you know. Well, he called I'm, you. I'm sure we talked briefly, but like I said, I mean, we haven't really discussed anything, so. Therefore, I don't have a lot of details to give you. Well, we're not asking you uh, details about necessarily what he did more than details about what you did. With details about you going to the farm and him being there, mm-hmm. okay, and you all leaving, mm-hmm. hence you being there and you mm-hmm. leaving. We we, you know. we would expect we're just going back to this time. Y'all arriving at the farm at eight eleven p.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's it's getting to be summertime, but. You know, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of daylight for fishing or tooling around, and it gets dark about 9 o'clock. 9, 9.30. So, yeah. But you're there till 11, almost 11.30. Yeah, but I mean, with all this going on, you know, I mean, it's just, like I say, it's just a good way to go out there and get I mean, rid of some stress. Well, well, what did you do to get rid of stress? I mean, what did he do to get rid of stress? Did y'all shoot some, shoot some clay pigeons or something? Or? No, I mean, I, like I told you before, I mean, I'll go out there, I ride the four-wheeler religiously. You know, I'll go to the lake, and like the last hour before it gets dark, that's about the best time to go fishing. Sure. So I mean, I mean, I understand y'all's perspective, but it, you, you got it wrong. I mean, they, they all you, I know you're doing your job, and I'm not. You know, I, I don't hold it against you. Do what you need to do. But was, was is there any reason that her DNA is going to come back in your trunk? Oh, I'm 100 percent certain it won't. Okay. You're, you're dead in the water. No, no way. What about on that blanket? No way. Any hairs, fibers? No way. Like that? Well, there you have it. I guess it's just a little misunderstanding here. I guess all this evidence is bullshit, and lie detectors are never right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But nothing further happens uh, with the Hawks, other than Brooks um, officially being named a suspect in the murder of Crystal Rogers um, by the Kentucky State Police, but he was never arrested and no no charges were ever filed. And to this day, Crystal is still missing. Now, there is an interesting side note that kind of brings it a little more current. In August of 2019, a home that was being built by Brooke Hawks was burned down and is being investigated as arson. And the townspeople are quite angry about this because there's no telling what evidence may have have been in this home. 
Or maybe it was just maybe it was just an insurance scam. Who knows? But either way, nothing has come of that either. No charges. So as if the Ballard family hasn't suffered enough, November 19th, 2016, Crystal's father, Tommy Ballard, is shot and killed while out hunting with his 14-year-old grandson. Shots were confirmed not to have come from Tommy or his grandson's gun. They were on their own private property while hunting. His death was initially ruled an accident, but now there is a death investigation, meaning roughly that the cause of death is being investigated. He's the father of Crystal Rogers, a well-known missing woman from Bardstown. Early this morning, Tommy Ballard was shot and killed while hunting. Now a family struggling for closure in Rogers' case has more heartache than ever before. 54-year-old Tommy Ballard was shot and killed Saturday morning while hunting with his son and grandson. Family tells us Ballard was shot in the back when he was about 75 to 100 feet from his truck. The incident happened around 8 a.m. on family property along Ed Brent Lane near the Bluegrass Parkway. We are still treating that scene as we speak as a death investigation. We have investigators uh, there on the ground. To rule it as anything else right now at this time would be uh, irresponsible, so uh, that's something that we're working on. The truck is now wrapped in crime scene tape and surrounded by officials from Kentucky State Police, the Nelson County Sheriff's Office, and the Department of Fish and Wildlife as they investigate. But the question so many Juan answered is who shot Tommy Ballard. I don't know all the information as far as uh, who a perpetrator or who uh, would have fired the shot is, but uh, that'll be something else that we're working on. Ballard was widely known in Nelson County for relentlessly searching for his daughter, Crystal Rogers, a mother of five who went missing more than a year ago. The hardest is knowing she's out there. And we don't know where. Rogers was last seen on the family farm of her boyfriend, Brooks Houck, who was named a suspect in her disappearance but never charged with the crime. Brooks' brother, Nick Houck, was also fired from the Bardstown Police Department for interfering with the investigation. And just a few months ago, a search warrant was executed on the Houck family farm. As for if Ballard's death has anything to do with his daughter's case, that remains a mystery. We have... Uh, no way right now to link any of that together. Uh, we're still in the early stages. I definitely think it's way too early to, to be calling anything like that. Trooper Jeff Gregory says he knows tensions are high in the community. We feel it and we, we want to get some things settled over there and, and calm the community down somewhat if we can. Ballard always said he longed for the day he would find his daughter. Well, it's not going to be happy when we find out what happened to Crystal. Like a nightmare and you're wanting to wake up. In a phone conversation with Tommy Ballard's father, Till Ballard, he told WDRB News, quote, Tommy always said I'll spend my last dime trying to find Crystal. I guess he's now found her. Like the news report said, it was no secret that Tommy was leading an extensive investigation into his daughter's disappearance. And through his wife, Sherry, that investigation is still ongoing. Again, unfortunately, no suspect was ever named and Tommy's case remains unsolved. It still seems unusual, however, to the locals of the town. They believe it's all connected, and it's hard not to agree when you look into these murders. But one thing's for sure, Bardstown certainly boasts some disturbing and deadly secrets. I really wish I could tell you that we've turned over every stone in Bardstown, 
but unfortunately, that's still not the case. There are a few other notable unsolved cases in Bardstown with very little information out there. Like, for instance, on March 25, 1990, Lucinda Strange is attacked and stabbed multiple times while out for a walk. There had been a recent drug bust at the restaurant she worked at. There were no clues, no suspects, and Lucinda's case is still unsolved. Also, the case of Daniel Cahoe, a distillery worker. He went missing in December of 2011, and his body was discovered January 5, 2012. He was 20 miles away in an abandoned barn. Daniel had been shot in the head execution style. No suspects were ever named, and no motives were ever found. Daniel's case, of course, is still unsolved. Now, like many of the cases I bring to you here on Strange and Unexplained, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much going on in Bardstown. There is so much speculation, and there's theories, and other, other small leads, at least in my opinion, that, that never led to anything. But there's a great podcast out there called Bardstown. It's made by Vault Studios. It's a great podcast that mostly focuses on just on Bardstown, and there's so much more information out there. I highly recommend you listening to that podcast, or, or that podcast series, rather, to get a little more, better understanding of what's going on in Bardstown, and on a deeper level. So, with that, I want to close this episode like I do every Strange and Unexplained episode, and that is by hearing from our friend Lorne, on this week's Lorne's Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained, the very bizarre series of murders that went unsolved in Bardstown, Kentucky from 2013 to 2016. Um, Bardstown, the bourbon capital of the world and the most beautiful small town in America, self-proclaimed. I wonder how many small towns in America claim that and how many random diners across America claim they have the best burger in the world. I've seen that a few times. Um, These began in 2013 in May when Bardstown police officer Jason Ellis was ambushed and killed on his way home after signing off for the night by someone lying in wait near exit 34 at 2 a.m. in the morning. There was some brush in the road placed there intentionally by the killer or killers. There's potentially two killers. Um, when he got out to clear the debris, he was ambushed, shot many times with a shotgun or shotguns. Um, and him being the narcotics officer for Bardstown, and usually having a canine unit, he busted a lot of drugs, you know, and it, there was a lot of speculation that maybe he had, he was onto something. Someone in the underground drug world felt that he was enough of a threat to take him out. Um, more on him in a little bit, though, because I, th- I feel like his crime may have been connected to another character that comes out as a suspect in another murder two years later. But one year later, a mother and teenage daughter, Kathy and Samantha Netherland, were brutally murdered inside their own home. Their lifeless bodies were discovered the next morning when Kathy, a special education teacher, didn't show up for work, and Samantha, her daughter, was absent from school. These two were pillars in the community. Everyone loved them. It was very bizarre 
that they were killed. There was nothing taken from the home, which would lead you to believe it wasn't a robbery. Um, this one, I, I found it hard to connect. I just felt like this was just a really unfortunate, terrible crime committed by a psychopath or something along those lines. I, I don't know. Um, there was some speculation that there was a, a sister um, that was kind of out of the picture. I don't, I don't know. Um, that one to me, I felt hard connect, hard to connect. And the family has kept this one tight to the vest as well. The Netherland family hasn't put out there a lot of information. Um, like you see with the next victim, Crystal Rogers, um, on the 4th of July weekend in 2015, 35 year old mother of five, Crystal Rogers vanished. Her father, father, Tommy Ballard. So the Ballard family became obsessed with finding their daughter after he found the father found her car sitting along bluegrass highway inside he found her keys cell phone and purse he, he um tommy and uh crystal's mother as well became just as i said obsessed with finding their daughter they did searches on a daily basis um they went above and beyond even what the police were able to do um and they as well as the police were on to the number one suspect was which is actually crystal's boyfriend at the time and father of one of her children they had a son together uh brooks hauk who was dating her at the time as i said they had gone on a date night the evening before she went missing and he had taken her to her his family farm in the rain supposedly she was uh not the type of person that liked the outdoors would not have wanted to go walking through a farm and feeding cows in the rain didn't make a lot of sense. That's That was what he said they had done the night before. And then he said that they had gone home and um, somehow she had left in the middle of the night and left their son in his bed. Um, very bizarre. And then so the, the police were saying it wasn't so much what he had done afterwards. It was what he didn't do. What he didn't do. He didn't seem very concerned about finding her. Um, nowhere near what the family was doing. He wasn't participating in any of the searches. Um, he was very hostile when questioned. Um, and coincidentally, his brother, Nick Houck was in the Bardstown police department. He was actually on the night shift. He was the only other officer working the evening that Jason Ellis was ambushed and killed. Nick Houck was the other nighttime police officer in Bardstown. Very bizarre. Um, and there was some bizarre behavior on the part of Nick. He actually called Brooks in the middle of their police interrogation of Brooks when they were interrogating him. His brother called and told him not to say anything and to leave that you couldn't trust the police. He ended up getting fired shortly after for showing the same hostility his brother was showing towards the very police station he worked for, among many other things, sleeping on the job, uh, just so many violations he had done over the years as a, as a police officer for Bardstown. Um, but also they were concerned about his behavior when it was found out that his basically his sister-in-law went missing he could care less about that as well. He had, he actually had a, you know, the son was his nephew. And when his sister-in-law in the small town, he works as a police officer goes missing. He didn't even uh, show any interest in that. The police chief was just very concerned about that um, in my opinion. And so as we mentioned, as I mentioned, the family of Crystal Rogers was still out searching for her almost on a daily basis. Her father was obsessed and he, a year later on Thanksgiving in 2016, um, Tommy Ballard went out with his rifle and his 10-year-old grandson to go hunting. Um, and I'm sure part of that was also to go search the woods for his daughter, which he did almost daily. Um, and he was out there, and shortly after arriving with his grandson, getting out of the truck, he was shot and killed from a distance with a rifle. Um, really seems unlikely that it was a hunting accident. It was just far too accurate of a shot. 
Um, it just seemed to be like he was targeted because he was possibly going to expose, in my opinion, Brooks Houck and Nick Houck, um, but Brooks Houck mainly for the murder of his daughter. Um, potentially he was close to finding where Brooks had uh, hidden her body. He had searched so many different locations. And also Brooks, I'm sure, was tired of all the pressure of living in a small town where everyone is constantly looking at you as though you murdered your your ex-girlfriend um, and the mother of your child. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. I feel like the it's possible that Jason Ellis, that his murder was connected to the Hauk brothers possible but that's also i think it's also possible it was just a random hit by someone in in the drug trade um now kathy and samantha netherland i feel like that's a one-off bizarre case that could happen anywhere there's criminals everywhere there's really bad people out there and in any and every small town and big city we have in this country you know no nobody's exempt from it there's no perfect location where no crime ever happens um, that being said, the Crystal Rogers murder, I think it's it's undoubtedly, in my opinion, obviously I'm, I'm not a jury, I can't convict Brooks Houck, but for everything I've heard, it just it, it, he has no real good explanation for her disappearance. She would never leave her children in the middle of the night like that, like he said she did. And the fact that he took her to the family farm that evening, it just it didn't, when she, that was not something she would be interested in. It just seemed premeditated to, to me to get rid of her. Um, and then the fact that her father was then murdered a year later just stinks of him trying to cover his tracks. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts. It's a crazy series of events for a small town. It's it's got to be rough to have been around through these years and and see all this stuff happen, especially when you love that place and your family is growing up there. And it seems like just kind of uh, under the surface, you know, like everything's good during the day, southern hospitality and all that stuff, and then. There's stuff going on at night. There's this underworld, some some weird stuff. Maybe it could have just come down to just a couple of bad seeds like the Hauk brothers perpetrating a lot of this stuff. And there's a lot of speculation that Hauk is involved, that they, they are involved in the drug trade potentially together. Um, I know Crystal, before she was killed, she had been telling her mom about all this behavior. And she was saying that she wanted to get away from Brooks and that she had a bunch of information, his tax stuff. Uh, she had a lot of papers that she had hidden that could incriminate him potentially before she disappeared. So I found that interesting. Um, so yeah, I think the Hauk brothers, hopefully the police are able to get enough evidence at some point to uh, convict Brooks and potentially his brother as well. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next time. He just has a way of saying what we're all thinking doesn't he? Excellent synopsis, Lauren, as always. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I want to thank you for supporting this show, as well as True Crime Guys Productions. Um, guys, there's tons of ways that you can support the show. Um, if you would like to support the show monetarily, you can support on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Um, and for just $3 a month, you can get early access to all these episodes as well as bonus content that is released on a weekly basis on Patreon, which is basically two full-fledged shows that I do on there that are released bi-weekly. Um, one of them is called The Palette Cleanser Podcast, and one is called Strange Shorts. And Strange Shorts is mainly just cases that there's not enough to do a 30 to 
50-minute podcast on, so I just briefly discussed them in a more fun, laid-back way on Strange Shorts. So, patreon.com slash podcast uh, for more information. If you guys, or if you already have the Patreon app, just search Strange and Unexplained. You do have to type in the whole thing. Sorry about that. Um, another great way to support the show is to leave a review, whether it be on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen and you can review, it is greatly appreciated. Also, go give us a like or a follow on social media at SNU Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Strange and Unexplained on Facebook. Also a great way to connect, talk about the show with other people, and also give suggestions, uh, like this case here. The Bardstown murders were a suggestion by a few different people that listened to the show, and when I looked into it, I just had to do it. Um, next week, I'll be doing another listener suggestion, which I am very excited about. So guys, that pretty much does it. Um... I'll see you next week with another free episode. And if you're on Patreon, I will see you before that. So remember, be strange. Just don't be a stranger. Mm